personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Thank you for tuning in to the Recondition podcast. I'm Lauren Vaknin. I'm a health writer and holistic wellness coach. And my own journey from disability to remission taught me that wellness through a mind-body approach can take time when we don't know where to begin. And that's why I created this podcast, to bring you the answers to all your well-being questions in the most accessible way possible. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This episode of Reconditioned is sponsored by Wild Refill. Utilizing the power of nature, they have created an effective, long-lasting and cruelty-free deodorant that is free from aluminium and parabens. Head over to wearewild.com where you'll get 20% off your first order when you use the code CONDITION at checkout. That's C-O-N-D-I-T-I-O-N, all in caps. Thank you to We Are Wild. Hi guys, welcome back to Reconditioned. This is episode 30. I can't believe I've actually done done 10 episodes of the season already, uh, which is amazing. Some of the episodes have been so great. We've got a few episodes left of the season because I'm just, there was too much good content to just leave 10 for the season. So I'm kind of gonna let it go through until the end of November, maybe beginning of December. And then, um, yeah and then come back in in January with a new season and uh, episode the season finale of the season is going to be pretty special so I'm really excited for you guys to hear uh, but this one was so nice to record because it was my with my friend Olivia uh, Olivia Wayne you might have heard of her from at, uh, when she was a Sky Sports presenter until not long ago amongst many other things um, she's super beautiful um, if you have a look at her on Instagram people love to follow her um, because not only is she beautiful, but she's really intelligent and really smart and really honest and real and authentic. And she's an amazing mummy. And we sat down and spoke today about navigating conscious parenting alongside career, passion and purpose. Because we're both women who chose to follow a conscious parenting route. And, um, you know, which isn't always the easiest, especially when you do love your career and when parenting isn't the only thing in your life so it's quite a challenge and so we sat down today to speak about that challenge and oh I'm not sure if you can maybe hear a child screaming in the background um that happened to us on the recording earlier today and uh, it's happening in my house now and that's the reality of exactly what I'm talking about which is juggling motherhood and a career um but we had such a lovely chat and it was so enjoyable to sit with Olivia and um talk about all these things with a cup of tea and actually to do an episode in person the only other episode in person I've done this season was with Karina um and that was so much fun and this was in Olivia's house and it was just yeah it was just really fun it's just such a different vibe to be in the person's energy I really enjoyed it um as we're recording this it's coming up to Halloween this week 
um, and the full moon and I'm feeling the effects of that coming on as there's been a lot of shifting this week and a lot of kind of shedding actually for me, a lot of shedding around the full moon um, and the clocks going back and all this kind of cyclical thing where we retreat and we hibernate and my cycle, my own cycle is kind of following that of the moon at the moment so that's interesting um, and actually if you're interested in knowing more about all of that and kind of about the female cycles and uh, the moon cycles then listen to episode seven with Shani and Alexandra who wrote uh, Wild Power the most amazing book that genuinely changed my life um, all about charting your menstrual cycle and understanding your menstrual cycle in order to understand yourself better um, anyway I'm going to let you get on with the show now, now because there is so much uh, interesting and fun stuff. I know you're going to really enjoy it. Any mums out there, this is for you. You're really going to love this episode. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe, leave a comment, follow me on Instagram, all that good stuff. My favourite podcasts are the ones that friends have recommended to me. So do go ahead and recommend this to your friends if you think that they'll enjoy it, if you enjoy it in any way. And um, most importantly, just carry on enjoying the show and thank you for being part of the community. Olivia Wayne is a British TV presenter most well known for her long stint on Sky Sports and more recently for fashion and lifestyle brand Sheerlux. She has gained a reputation in the industry for her intelligence, wit and charm, attributes that have seen her invited onto some of the country's top panel shows and keep her Instagram a very busy place. Before hitting the big time as a presenter, Olivia enjoyed a successful modelling career and still counts fashion and beauty as one of her passions. In recent years, things have shifted quite dramatically as she immerses herself in conscious parenting as a mother of two lovely little boys. She combines motherhood with her passion for health and well-being and is here today to talk about the juggle, the love, the frustrations and the challenges that go hand in hand with conscious parenting while navigating a career that we're passionate about. And I've been very excited about this episode because when we get together we tend to natter a lot. A lot of nattering. A lot <laughs> about uh, offering each other guidance and support with health. And so I'd kind of just invite everyone right now to like chill out with a cup of tea and put tracksuit on and pretend you are with us in the room. So hi! Hi, and hi. that is exactly what I look like with a cup of tea, send tea. And let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, there are a few elephants. They're like 10 months and 4 years old, but actually they are consciously watching television. <laughs> <laughs> and um, don't worry, they're not alone, they're with an adult, and they might be heard. Yeah, they probably will be heard. And also, like, that's okay because... Because you've got to get through the day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's dive right in. Okay. For those who don't know you too well, can you talk a bit about your background and your early days in the industry and then kind of what led you to a more holistic life? Um, well, my background, oh, and that creaky door, it's the draft. Um, so professional. I know, but you know what? It's real. It's and real. that is, I think, ultimately what anyone should take from this podcast, just be real. Um, so my background is that I worked at Sky Sports, um, on Sky Sports News, and I did predominantly the breakfast shift which was 3am starts and before I did the breakfast shift and before I got my job in television I worked in a nightclub because my husband then boyfriend was a fantastic DJ and he was on that weird schedule so I got on that weird schedule just so we could ever see each other and hang out and I would like 
back in the cloakroom or wait tables or whatever. And, and I remember clubs. you from then. I remember and sometimes I was door bitch crew. and that was a challenge. <laughs> but often I was in the cloakroom. Anyway, so, but with a friend, honestly, it was the best of days. Like we had so much fun. Like life is so fun and easy and like we got to go out and like mingle with humans. It was amazing. But it took its toll. I'm not into drugs. Like I've never been that way inclined. So staying awake till three or four in the morning mm. and my husband's not into drugs either but he can he's a night owl but he's just born that way mm. whereas I'm a early bird so I got really into quite a red bull lifestyle which mm. you know also gross but also just to stay awake you I know? was so there then as I well. know I and like it was that. it was need I would literally fall asleep curled up on the floor in the cloakroom I could do it. I, I have been known, and he will attest, like, sleep under the speaker in a club. I, you know, if I'm tired, I'm tired. So, um, anyway, and then I moved into these early shifts, early, but, like, got up at three in the morning for Sky, on air at six live. And I really got into a coffee, caffeine lifestyle, and it didn't suit me because I was having so much of that. So, even though my career was really exciting and fun and mainstream, I then kind of thought, right, I've just got to cut it all and actually hydrate and sleep and work out and do things in a healthy way, cut sugar, that didn't help me. You know, I used to, because at the beginning I'd be like buzzing on caffeine and sweet stuff and then crash and feel awful. So anyway, that's kind of linking the two, but that did happen. Um, So that kind of introduced me to a more kind of, I guess, natural way of living. But like not cutting everything, but really trying hard to think what works for me to keep me awake and energized and my brain ticking rather than like this fog and tiredness the whole time. Mm. Um, And then obviously into parenthood where I was prepped beautifully for lack of sleep because I didn't really sleep much. Although I could nap when I wanted, which is what I missed the most. I'm jealous of that. What, the naps? Yeah, it, it takes, like, I have to, everything has to be perfect. Right, There's so. a perfect environment to nap, and then it will take me, like, maybe an hour to get to sleep. And I'm not like that. But even now, like, if I can grab 20 minutes, I mean, obviously, if I've just had something that would wake me up, like, I mean, I do have caffeine now, but one. Like, it's one. I have a 10-month-old who loathes sleep, much like his older brother did, and so it really helps me in the day to be a, a nicer mum, I yeah. would say. Well, we were just talking about caffeine, weren't we, before we... Yeah, I know because it's interesting. I think like when people ask me about caffeine, that door. I'm so sorry, it kills us. You try watching a movie (laughs) with that door, and also you close it. But at the moment, winter makes it creak. It's awful. I'm sorry. (gasps) Let's just just pretend the door doesn't exist. Just ignore the door. Um, I actually don't even hear. I'm so used to it. You're alerting me too. I wouldn't even notice it. Sorry. It's fine. We're going to ignore the door. Um, Yeah, caffeine. I think like I'm big on not having caffeine for the adrenals, and and I'm big on looking after the adrenals but we were just talking just now I'm also you know when people ask me about caffeine I, my first question is what does your body do with caffeine when yeah. you drink caffeine what happens to you because I think it's always important to look at our own individual but like I'm so into an individualized like personalized approach well to it has care. to be it's so one you, mold doesn't fit all that's like the exactly. traditional sense and it doesn't work absolutely so if your one cup of coffee doesn't make you feel unwell and you understand your body a lot of banging going on. I know. Um, We're just beating the children. Joke. It seems <laughs> the cupboard under the stairs. I think my husband's trying to retrieve you so he can leave quietly, noisily. Um, <laughs> He's got it. I had him. He got it. Well done. I'm sorry. 
um yeah I think like if you're if you feel okay on it and equally then if you're someone that doesn't you know you drink caffeine and then you have this like heart palpitations all of that that is an indication that the way you are genetically made up caffeine does not suit you absolutely listening to your body as well like everything you know like I like well that's like everyone with their diet really like you know if you eat a giant bowl of buttery pasta if you then feel horrendous probably not for you even if it tasted good on the way in meanwhile if you eat something else and it's really energizing and feel great go for it and I do try and listen equally mentally that coffee in the my husband makes a pot he has I have and it really sets me up for the the hour no joke the day knowing like ah I've been given a bit of turbo, let's go, you know. And also that seems like it's part of your daily ritual. Yes. And I think that there's a, a lot to be said, I'm big on rituals and intuitive eating. Yeah. And if both of those kind of can fit in and align, then absolutely. Absolutely what it is. It's a lovely ritual. And if it, it gets missed, it's I'm very aware of it. And I yeah. don't like it, you know. <laughs> I don't miss the coffee. I, I also, I, I'll tell you what I am, like incredibly incredibly disciplined about is my breakfast is the same thing without fail every day oh really so what's your breakfast i make a pancake which is oats not for everyone but for me works really well um flaxseed cacao i put protein powder in i do an egg again not for everyone but for me and oat milk and i mix it all up into this thick patty and fill a pan with coconut well, coconut oil, fry it over effectively. We call it a pancake. It's more like a giant thick slab of OT goodness. goodness. <laughs> and then Zeb, my husband, gets some. Ozzy, my son, gets some. The baby's now eating it. You know, we all divvy it up. Slathered with peanut butter. Obviously. Berries. And, so, and like that. I've had that today. I just had a few nuts, but that's it. And it keeps me going oh till God. I get my next. Because also with kids, sometimes you, you know, get the pleasure of like a long, loving, oh, nutritious yeah. lunch. So this way I've got, I know I've got the energy yeah. in me. And then I'll grab what I can, in the, you know, and then wait for dinner for like, again, more of the like veggies and wholesomeness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm worried about I have my smoothie every morning, same breakfast every morning. Yeah, and also when I'm on holiday, I don't like hotel breakfasts anymore because mm. I miss my pancakes so much. Really? Genuinely. It's the thing I like. I love this people- pancake. I'm gonna have to put the recipe in the show notes. You should. And also it's all free pour. There's no, you know, there's no like measuring. You just right. like chuck it all in and mix it all up. Who has time for that? No, and it takes like no time, you know? So it's great. <laughs> Great, sounds great, great. amazing. It is. I, so was it kind of from there or did it take, like from after when you stopped in the clubs and stuff and when you stopped and so I thought, oh, did it take until you got into motherhood to really kind of get, because you, I mean, you're playing it down, but you are quite yeah, devoted I, to natural living. I am devoted, but I guess I'm not lazy, but I don't like to stress myself. And mm. sometimes I find natural living can feel and for anyone listening that feels this I understand a little overwhelming absolutely because it's like oh god if I don't pop that pill because I don't believe in putting that in because I don't like ultimately to my core before I even read things I wasn't like take me a fan if I have a, it just I was always like if I have a headache it means I'm either dehydrated tired or something so drink more have a nap but try, like I just was not a pill popper, yeah. you know, whereas some people just popping them in like, you know, it just wasn't my way. Mm. So it was always kind of within me that. But then when I was pregnant, I got really into it. I, my sister-in-laws are also naturally minded. So that was what I saw. I think had I have seen another way, maybe I wouldn't have delved deeper, mm. but I did. Great. So then I was like, hmm, okay, you know, breastfeeding, great example. 
I always thought, I never, honestly, I never thought about it. I didn't think positively, I didn't think negative, I just didn't think about it. I wasn't thinking about babies. Then when I was pregnant, I had seen breastfeeding very positively, heard all the benefits. Great, I'm going to breastfeed. Didn't really think about it. But then when I had Aussie, you know, it was hard at the beginning. Mm. Some people have a much rockier road. I know you have, I don't know, both times or this time, but... My road was a month of, oh, I did not enjoy it. Lots of lactation help, lots of pain. But once we cracked it, tongue tile, I was like, why wouldn't I? Why have to clean bottles? I have to sterilize. Milk is on tap. Yes, sleep was bad. But, you know, all the breastfeeding experts said it didn't correlate. So I just believe that. I believe the research. Do you believe it? Because I don't know, yes, I've breastfed two babies now. <laughs> I've been breastfeeding for five years. I've just stopped breastfeeding my little one. And both of mine are really bad sleepers. And I am the world's biggest advocate for breastfeeding. But when I look at my breastfeeding friends, there seems to be this pattern that the breastfeeding babies no. don't sleep. Yes, but I'm, I'm like, that would be true until there are the few that are like, I breastfeed and they slept through. Yeah, They're yeah. like the anomalies, I and agree. Who are they? What are they doing? But I've always felt, and it's very hard to talk about breastfeeding without... It seems like a judgment, and I don't judge because I do believe you do what you want for your kids. Like, who has the headspace to think about other people doing for their kids when you're just trying to keep yours alive? But breastfeeding is, from my point of view, it keeps them not in that deep, deep, deep slumber for safety. Like, it resonates that maybe they're not supposed to sleep that deep. You know, Mm -hmm. like if we go back and mammal and wild and everything. So yes, it's incredibly annoying. uh, But I do think maybe they're not supposed to sleep that deep, you know, to keep, you know, SIDS and all that stuff. I don't know. And obviously, I'm no expert. It's just me and my children. It's intuition, isn't it? I think everything comes back to, you know, maternal instinct and should. I think it's because, and we I've spoken about this before in a, in a breastfeeding episode we did with a lactation consultant, but I think it's kind of important to note that our modern lifestyles need us to sleep, to get this amount of sleep so that we can be up, to be in the office, or whatever it is we're doing. And so our children kind of have to fit in with that. But in this kind of mammalistic way, maybe we're not, like you say, well, maybe we're not, we're not we meant to sleep that deep. So, so, like the way like the world is ordered you know nine to five like that is just not how it was ever meant to be obviously I don't do a job that I need to do that and that's also something like I have friends whose careers and jobs and maternities allow for them to have a little bit of time off and then they have to get back to it unless they don't have a job income support their families Mm -hmm. whatever so maybe they have to fit into that box more I don't Mm -hmm. at the moment like yes I would love to get back to work. I'm coming off maternity for anyone listening, but <laughs> we're gonna get on to that. But equally, I don't have to, like. Yes, I can't lie in bed all day because I have a toddler who goes to nursery and I have to live. But if I'm really wiped out and tired, it's not like someone. I'm not a doctor. Someone's life doesn't depend on me getting nine hours, eight hours sleep, or whatever. So. But I have to make allowances for the fact that I'm tired a lot. And also my baby wakes up all the time and sleeps in my bed. Um, because, well, a cot seems redundant, to be honest. Aussie, basically, why do we have had one? Just took up room in the, took up space in the room. But it's just like for a nap, he might go in his cot and I just put him in there for safety so he doesn't roll out the bed. But otherwise, he's with me, you know. But it's such a short period of time, even though it doesn't feel that way. So I just grip, you know, the first time you're like, 
Why are you different? The second time you're like, this is just how it is, crack on. And it's a much nicer headspace. Yeah. I say that to Daniel a lot because I think the men find it a lot harder to cognize that in their heads of how it's such a short space of time. That's like, so interesting. Now. And yeah, well, men kind of have much My husband's the complete up opposite. Oh, really? He's the one that talks me down off the ledge all the time. That's so interesting. He, Again, but his sisters are so natural. Yeah, but... Yes, but equally, that's not it. No. He just... Berang is a bad sleeper himself. So if it, and like goes to bed late, I mean, he's a night owl and a producer of music and it's like he works for the wee hours anyway. And don't get me wrong, he sleeps in at the morning, he gets the, the morning. But he's also like, this is so temporary. Like, just remember, like, Ozzy now sleeps amazingly. It took three and a half years. Yeah. By the way, sleeps amazingly because Zeb is in his bed with him. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I should. Or he comes into my bed to sleep. But he does. He goes down and you could then have a house party and he won't wake up, mm. you know? But he when he does stuff... Because he feels stuff, so secure, it sounds. It, feel like, it feels like when, you know, with hindsight, it worked. It's what he needed. Mm. When you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. Mm. But I'm just trying to remember that is what this is, you know? It's a short period of time, as you said, and... Look, if you sleep in your bed, Zeb doesn't sleep with me, which is probably not great for our relationship right now, but you know what? We all need sleep, and that is more important for yeah. our relationship. Like, and also, like you say, it's a short period of time. Like yeah. At some point, you'll be in the same bed again. Exactly. Like, we did that. We have just gone back into the same bed. It's almost like, uh, this is my bed now. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I had this like super game to myself, and now we've got rid of the spare bed in the spare room, movie doing there so I could get my office back. And I'm like, mm, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, could you get out of my room? It's no, a nice but... couch downstairs. <laughs> but it's a bit like, you know, it's all very temporary. Yeah. And. They're little humans, and I can't bear the manipulating you into no, love. Word. I mean, what? I just, I don't even understand that chat, to be honest. No, but I it, but, but equally, it's survival. A lot of people are like, I can't sleep when they're in the room. I'm like, fine, you do what you do. Yeah, I can't sleep almost with them not being in the room because mm. I'm like, are they waking? And I'm like, antsy, so I'd rather just, oh, just get in, let's go to sleep. You know, it is such a short space of time, I think, as well. And you know, I it passes. I, we. I mean, Braxton didn't sleep through the night until he was two and a half. And he's five now and he goes to school now and he's not with me all day and he's sleeping in his own bed and he exactly. sleeps through the night until seven o'clock, which, you know, like even a year ago, I couldn't have imagined. Exactly. And so now Vida's waking up really early and in the night and I'm just like you, in a you know place you of get acceptance. I, and that, that is my also. If you can accept it, it does not feel as exactly. bad. The battling against it, the first time I had a very, very, very gentle sleep consultant chat to me. We chatted. Write down what happened. Let's see. Six months every day. And the stress of that. Yeah. Documenting. Then at 11.03, I touched it. I was just like, this is too much work. Just mm. get over it. He's in your bed. And in time, he won't be in our look, you know? Yeah. So, and also, obviously, the one night he slept through without needing anyone was the night I went to hospital to give birth. Oh my gosh. He did not wake. My mum was here and he woke up in the morning, came into my room. My mum was in there and he was like, where's mummy and daddy? She said, go on to have your brother. He's like, okay, give me breakfast. I wonder what the, the first energy time. change was that created that to happen. And weirdly, I think I didn't go into labour because I was so worried about him. I was like, not ready in it. And I had reflex with this amazing, like spiritual reflexologist who was like, this baby will come when you tell it you're ready and you mm. understand that your older baby is ready, you know, yeah. and all of that. And then, you know, popped out type thing. So there's a lot to be said for that. 
Do you know another thing that I found stressful? Like, I'm in such a place of acceptance now that even if I'm tired, I kind of, I don't get an upset about it. Yeah. Really, like, angry. Yeah. I, I still do that sometimes. You know that panic yes. before you have kids? Oh, my God. What's the time? It's five o'clock and I'm awake in the morning. And how am I going to get through the day? And now I'm like, if, if this morning it was 5.20 on the clock and I was like, oh, it's 5.20. I got an extra 20. It's 20 minutes. Like, I was have, I think that place of acceptance, but my naturopath used to scare me by being like, you know, your adrenals rely oh. on you having the sleep. And although she's right in a way, again, you, if you can't control it, you have to just surrender to it. That's what I wanted it. to say to you about stress. Like, I'm like, I mustn't have coffee. It's really bad for me. Yeah. But it puts me in the worst headspace all day. Well, actually, what's worse for my adrenal glands, I wonder, on balance, right. being at a heightened level of stress and whatever. Yeah, I think the key is surrender, really. Like, if you can't control it, surrender to it. And that, that's what I've learned. But what's interesting from what you've said is you you're talking about kind of I didn't even think about this or I didn't even really acknowledge that beforehand. And yet, you know, so many people, myself included, I'd be like meticulously planning how I'm going to breastfeed and meticulously plan, am I going to co-sleep? And to you, what I like about how you talk is it was all what felt natural, what felt intuitive as a mother. And I like that. So yes, that is true. Equally, so I had a doula, I had a doula, same doula, my amazing doula. Mars, Lord, amazing, um, for both births. But I wasn't, like, doula-minded before, again. I didn't even know what a doula was. But um, my sister-in-law, again, had mentioned in America, there's these things called doula, like, where she had lived in America, and she was like, a doula's a nice route, you know, if you're... Because I was wanted to do a natural... Oh, also, I never feared pain. Okay, mm. I or it is huge. And at my antenatal classes, the only conversation was, "What about pain relief?" I'm so scared, and I was just like, "I don't get it." I I'm not saying I'm like, I'm curious, but all I could really rationalize was, women have been doing this since the beginning of time, before pain relief. Surely, if we can build them, we can get them out in a safe and like, I'm not saying it won't be intense, but surely it's a different type of pain. Like, I just... And was, it is. Which it is. And I was just like, I just don't want to entertain this pain chat the whole time. Teach me how you... Or, you know, how I should manage the feelings. But don't, ter- like, terrify me. And I was... It was like... But again, this wasn't like this... It's just like, my mum is like a really strong woman. She's really like, nothing rocks her. I mean, obviously she gets rocked, she's human, but as in, she's a very much like, come on, let's just do it, you know. So she had all the epidurals, all the bottle feeding, by the way, but she was a young kid with no one around to guide. Like, that was what you did. You were going to book you in today. To get, so she was like, oh, that's why I'm 24 and that's what I'm doing, you know. She didn't even know. She had a nurse come, you know, to help with the baby. And be like, okay, now we'll give the formula. And she's like, okay, this is what we do. And she's always like to me, oh, didn't even know about it. Like, because her mum didn't do it, you know. So I do feel very fortunate to have been shown another way that then made me think, hmm, actually prefer that way because it feels it fits with me but there were hard things and I and so like having a doula really helped me in my first birth because I was induced early because there was a problem allegedly although I was happy to keep going but the hospital wanted him out fine not allegedly that sounds awful but I knew it was fine I really felt he's fine but their protocol was if this thing comes up which is like a liver issue even at this stage in the pregnancy, you've got to have them out. Fine. 
I was induced it took four or five days because he didn't want to come out I was in the ward the ward felt a lot more private than this house it seems no I was in the ward people in labour all around me screaming the house down not a great environment to have a baby didn't feel safe and but I just was like doing it my way the pain came but I was like come on you can do this but my doula was the voice in my ear mm. Zeb was incredible but it was our first time we didn't know anything so she she would advise me like maybe to push on her back more whatever it was mm. and it really helped and like tweak her nipples <laughs> interesting <laughs> but we did it to get the oxytocin yeah back. absolutely but and I managed to like not have the epidural because I didn't want I was trying to avoid that so I wasn't trying to like I wasn't trying to be a martyr. I just was like, mm, I don't see why. I don't want to put him at risk or me have an adverse reaction. So I don't want pain relief. That's like with the, I don't want to mask things. I want to feel it and then try and come through it. In fact, I mean, ugh, I don't It makes sense, but what I like about it, again, it's like you, you weren't going away and doing all this research and being like, this is how I have to do it. All That's because I get overwhelmed, but it's overwhelming. Because yeah. if you, because once you go down a whole rabbit oh, hole, God, of it, yeah. you know, like I'm going to be doing this and eating that. And don't get me wrong, I was popping gummy bears. That that I wasn't having healthy snacks. I needed sugar. It had been four days of labour, oh. and and I was exhausted. So to keep momentum, literally after every contraction, a gummy bear and a water. <laughs> you know, whatever I need to do yeah. to get this baby oh, God, out. Whatever you've got to do to get through labour. By the end, I was literally like dead 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 asleep in between like literally the deepest of sleeps <gasps> then a contraction would come and then I'd fall back to like it was like crazy no I think it was crazy but it's amazing what happens obviously um anyway so and then after that I just kind of and then it's like with breastfeeding it's like why would I just put all this goodness goodness in and then put like packaged stuff like it didn't make sense to me if I could do it and I had the time I had nothing else to do, you know? Mm. But not everyone has that luxury. Not everyone... Some people are, like, really icked out by the boobs. Like, they, they physically can't do it. Okay, that's your thing, you know? Like, that's some deep conditioning. Maybe. Though, maybe. Some deep shadow. Yeah, but, that. you know, unless you want to undo that before it's... Then yeah. it, you can't. Oh, yeah, and you have to work on, on like, dealing with that the shadow around that. Because that's... Yeah, that's intense. One of the recommendations I get asked for the most is deodorants because most of us are aware of the detrimental health effects some conventional deodorants can have. It used to be hard to give an answer because so many of the natural deodorants available didn't actually work. But now I use Wild Refill and I love it because it's free from aluminium and parabens, it's cruelty free and it actually genuinely works. And I'm not just saying this because they sponsor the podcast. They sponsor the podcast because I use the product and love it. It's also really fun because you get to choose a colour for your applicator, which is a genius sustainable design that you keep for life. Then you get to customise your order by selecting from their different gorgeous scent combinations, all biodegradable and recyclable, for your refills. I know those of you who are listening are conscious about what you put in and on your body, so if you're ready for a natural, environmentally friendly deodorant that actually works, visit wearewild.com where you'll get 20% off your first order when you use the code CONDITION, that's C-O-N-D-I-T-I-O-N, all in caps, at checkout. That's wearewild.com and code CONDITION. Thank you to We Are Wild. It's still very interesting how you, how it was so intuitive. But I've never thought about it like that. 
you know, you're kind of shining it better. Or maybe it isn't because I actually think I've got zero intuition on anything. So that's quite hilarious. It's really funny, isn't it? I, I don't ever listen to my is. inner voice. You think you don't. I think I don't. But I'm conf- I, I, what I find I struggle with and others might because it is quite uh, going against the grain. No, it's not going against the grain. There's plenty of people who do it. But in my circle particularly, like, you know, I can't, I mean, I know we can't go out anyway really much, but I can't get out in the evening, mm. you know. And for a year or two, I can't do much. Yeah. And I battle because I want to still be with my friends or celebrate someone's birthday or go for dinner and I can't and I have but it's like again you've made your choice no one's, no one's making me do this right so yeah. be okay with your choice but that's the thing I'm, I'm actually this period of lockdown life has caused a lot of introspection not much else to do but I'm doing a lot of work to be like okay make your decision and be okay with your decision <laughs> you know yeah that was actually going to be my next question oh really that's interesting yeah because when we kind of do things more naturally, whether it has been kind of like an intuitive pull or, you know, a really conscious choice, it's you're the one that's involved more. You're the one that really has to take the reins. You can't outsource it. You can't outsource it. You know, you can't have night nurses if you're breastfeeding. I mean, you can if you're pumping. Well, people do, but equally, you know what I have found and like we've just found the most wonderful nanny, but... For two days a week, it's like giving me life again, let me tell you. But I always felt like the middle dead of night is the time my baby needs me. In the day, maybe I'd like a nap and someone else cuddle because, you know, but in the night, I don't want to do it. That's the bit. I've chosen to have this child. I want to nurture my brand new baby. It's hard. But that's what I'm here for. What's harder is then getting up and being like attentive and focused on the toddler right oh my god that's the heart the new baby is never the thing once you have more than one it's the older one and like the guilt and not being able to just be on the floor playing because you've got to feed or you're tired or but you know that's why a wonderful supportive partner and actually my husband said to me yesterday like because my baby's like running around and basically feels like he's a grown-up already (laughs) he's 10 months and we're like we really, he's like, I missed babyhood of him because I was so on Aussie, Aussie nursery, playing, doing all the stuff to make him feel so secure that actually I missed the baby. I didn't mm. have the cuddles. I didn't put the new clothes, you know, and I just would do it all. And they'd be like, oh, to show me yours, you know. But that's just, you know, they're the most, there's so much love between them. Mm. There's not a crossword. I mean, yes, if he trashes a toy, but he just says, no, Ziggy. He's not like, doesn't lash out. There's no bad behavior. So to be honest, I feel like we've won, even if we missed out on babyhood. So what in the grand scheme, you know? Yeah. But it's interesting because like my question was going to be, so Sorry, like, yeah. what? No, 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 you've answered it. That's the thing. So it's so nice. My question was going to be, what are, are the biggest challenges when we make these choices of like, a more conscious approach to parenting, what are the biggest challenges? And kind of you're, you're going through all of them. But also, I think if you're like, if you feel you go against the grain, like compared to everyone around you, and mm. even by the way, your family, you could do it totally different, which causes a lot of headbutting. It's your life, it's your family. And, you know, I sorry to keep bringing up lockdown, but I mean, that's all that's gone on this year. But basically it's like, FOMO was eradicated because no one was doing it, which was actually an amazing time to be in the space I was in. Because even if I'd wanted to, I couldn't. 
And therefore I felt I was missing nothing. So actually just being with the kids, well, everyone was just with their kids and that. So it was almost like we were on a level playing field. Now things are getting back to normal and a bit like, oh, it's creeping in again. Like, oh, but I want to, oh, you know, they just went on holiday, just adults. I can't do that. Or, but then it's like, well, I could do that, but I've chosen not to do that. So be okay with that choice. That's what, you know, it's like always a, a constant reminder. Just be cool with your choice yeah. in anything you do in life and maybe it's the wrong choice okay you'll learn from it and come back but you know you can't pick both unfortunately are there any times that you feel like it's the wrong choice or that you feel like it's not working for you and that you kind of want to kind of move over to the other side I haven't been put in that position as yet because of this time this year mm-hmm. but you know maybe I'd get offered a job I don't know, just put it out to the universe. When I get offered a job, that is like, we need you to commit, you know, five nights a week, say. Well, that's going to throw up some stuff because Mm. then what do I do? If it's like a dream job or role or opportunity, because, you know, I am very career minded as well. I'm not, I'm not okay with just being, (laughs) that sounds awful, but just being a mum. For me, I need something I adore being a mum and I think it's a really important job and I give myself to it. And they're little and I'm okay with that. But it's creeping again. Yeah. I want to be doing. Yeah. I like to be independent. I like to earn my own money. I like to not have to not like go on Amazon and get, you know, my granola bars that I like and art oh, like, oh that's in the weekly shop. You know, no, thank you. Not for me. I like to yeah. buy a new top if I want it without being like so obsessed like I can't we should I'm not ironic I hate it yeah I also like to feel alive like I hello I'm a tv presenter like clearly I like the buzz of being the center of attention hello (laughs) it's like obvious but also I like to talk to adults I love it yeah but I feel very like these are their formative years and they need me and like literally he needs me to nourish himself um so it's a constant battle yeah I find that so much as well um I mean mine is, you know Vida's a year older than Ziggy so it's kind of I'm edging you're edging out of it you know but equally I feel fortunate mm-hmm. that the type of job I do means yeah. please God please universe I can hopefully dip in do a little yeah. you know two days a week of something or do my own thing you know I can do that you need the like mental capacity and like n- not brain fog to think about what to do. But at least there are opportunities and options. You have to find them and work for them and try and get them. But it should be possible to have balance, a little bit of both. Um, That's the other struggle though. When you say like the, the, the mental capacity, I find a, a challenge for me is... You know, what I do is very much around my kids. So I'm like half working and then half with my kids. And whereas my husband will go into the office for the whole day and then come home and he kind of has that train journey to unwind and listen to a podcast and get ready to transition back into dad. I'm like recording a podcast and then I'm mum or I'm coaching someone. And then it's like someone has like, you know, I'm kind of giving myself and then I'm mum and then I'm back in like the kitchen cooking and that transition is really a challenge. And also, so whenever I have like even a meeting on Zoom or like a a recording a podcast but on Zoom say, you like click off and you're straight in You and you might be on a bit of a buzz or you might want to like just, okay, after that meeting, what do I need to do to follow up or whatever. 
but it's like mom again you have the in. guilt though right I've the guilt of like you have to get back in there and you can take 10 minutes no i don't because i'm like no i need to take 10 minutes just after no no they need me i need to get back up and they don't take the 10 minutes and they leave the computer open and it's like ah. it's so the guilt and also um so i mean people might argue i'm high maintenance i don't think i'm that high maintenance on the level but there's one thing that i just can't abide by and that's my nails it's always been, i don't know why my nana was like her nails were immaculate and yeah. it obviously got in my mum couldn't care less me it's my thing hair i have a haircut once a year i don't care like makeup i put on like i'm seeing that well i don't care i don't care i work out but that's my head and my body but my head um, but that's increasingly difficult to get in. Like, it's like at eight o'clock when I don't want to do it, but there's something that's just do 20 minutes, just do 20 minutes anyway. But the nails, it's like a non-negotiable. Really, that's your thing. Like, as soon as those salons are open, I'm like, I don't care about anything else. That is the thing. And by the way, it's half an hour. Like, I'm not saying I need a full-on, I just need them, because it's like, if I look down and they're done, I feel I'm in control again. Right. As soon as the chip happens, I'm like, oh, I've got to book it's, it's weird. Maybe it's an OCD thing. I don't know. But you know what? In the grand scheme of them, it's not the worst one. But I still, it's half an hour every two weeks, but it is still the guilt. I'm just, I'm just going to pop and get my nails. I, you know, it's like yeah, the justification. Yeah. Because it's so for you. It's something that is so utterly for you. Like, even with the work stuff, you're on a Zoom call and you might feel the guilt, but part of you is like, okay, well, it's been for work, so it's kind of benefiting us all. It's for them. And, but and when it's just for you, yeah. it's like this guilt of why should I be allowed to do that? How do we reconcile that? Because that's not okay. Like, self-care is so important. And as a mother, you going to spend half an hour to do the one thing that fills you up should be essential. It is essential. But the problem is, it's just, you know, like the way of you exercise, I'm actually a bit kinder. It's like I want to do it because I know the incredible impact it has on me mentally. Like when I work out and I feel that endorphin hit, it's like, wow, I needed that. I need that to be nice. I need this. But I'm like, but they're little, soon they'll be in school and then I'll have a lot more time. So like, get it in where you can. Yes, it's not ideal, but in a year or two. But for some reason, the kind of, it's your nails. It feels so frivolous, you know? Mm. But it's more essential almost that I can't, it's like, I know it's a ridiculous thing still. Yeah, but it's not because we all have our thing, don't we? We all have I, our, no, our non-negotiable. I know, totally, but it's... But I guess, even though I think that's the only one, maybe, I don't know, I haven't asked actually, but maybe Zeb, my husband, would think, hmm, actually, it feels like you've got a lot of non-negotiable because you're like, but I need a nap on the week and I need this, you know, maybe that's true. Also, weekend naps. In the day, if I could, but, but you know, like, when, like, nap when the baby naps. I will, my baby rarely naps properly anyway. And also, that's maybe when I like to go for a walk or have a phone call or mm. do a wash or cook. or So it's not always like, ideal to then also get into bed. But on a weekend, it's like... Dad's here. Whatever happens, be it with the baby or not, I gotta take. I got to get back into bed, and and that really fills me up as well. Sleep. Mm. Um, oh, that sounds delicious. And I know if, if you struggle to fall asleep, that's really hard. Don't get me wrong. My, if my mind's going, I can't fall asleep. Yeah. But it's even just getting into bed, right? Just if I could get into bed and read for an hour, knowing that someone else has got the kids and it's the weekend, I'm. I'd be very happy. And with my that. mother-in-law's amazing with that too. Sometimes I'll go over there. I mean, obviously not of late, but we lived there during lockdown for a while, so that was incredible. And every day she'd say, what hour do you want? Do a workout, go to bed, wash your hair, whatever you... you I'll take them both. And 
I'd be like that. I didn't realise how incredible that hour was till I didn't have it anymore yeah. you know but also she didn't have conditions for it you could do what you want you yeah know, like and there's some no judgment yeah like, I like I, I can't really ask them look could you would you mind stop working for an hour to be with the kids in, in a weekday so I could wash my hair like it just feels a bit like well I'll yeah. just do it tonight but you know what it's like you're finally in bed you then got to do washing and cooking and clearing up and then wash your hair which we have a lot of hair that's like takes a long time and I'm going to do a wet hair and it's all a bit like I don't want to dry it because I'll probably wake up the baby and suddenly like my evening's gone from a hair wash so actually I washed it this <laughs> so morning because the nanny my, the nanny that's feel so rude but my nanny you don't need to be introduced to her right now she might not want to be named I don't know anyway um, and it's just a bit like wow I washed my hair leisurely without <gasps> or having the monitor in the bathroom mm. it's just but it's so short. It's so short this time. Yeah, it is. The days are long. I that. feel like we're, we're sitting here trying to convince each yeah. other and ourselves of that. <gasps> but it, it is, is true. It's and if, so and true. if you were saying it to me, I'd be yeah. like, but Lauren, it's, it's, you know. But when you're in it, it feels When great. you're in it, it's hard. I think when you've got that real exhaustion that hits you on that big level, you know, and you're so exhausted and you're like, or, you know, when they wake up at like four in the morning, <sighs> And just have no interest in going back to sleep, or maybe they'll fall back to sleep at six o'clock. By which point you have, you to, have get to get up. To get the That's other ones the worst. And, yeah. then, and then it's like that anger and that frustration that you don't want to have, and you tell yourself it's just a short amount of time. But you're tired. But you're tired. But also, what I find is, and this is really important, sometimes when I am really tired, and that's all the time. You know, I have a very wise friend who often says to me whenever I'm having a little rant or moan, she's just like, "You're sleep deprived. Nothing. You're like." Stop trying to rationalise these feelings. Mm. It is a form of torture. You are in it. So, yes, you're going to feel like this, but don't you don't need to, like, give it more airtime than it yeah. needs. Like, don't think, what does this mean and how I'm feeling? No, it means you're tired. The problem is, is when you act like a witch of a mum because you're tired, right. you know? And it's, like, really trying to, like... Or, like, I, I'm really into, like, people who, like... I, I did something to my neck sleeping badly, but my osteo is completely spiritual like she's a good witch so she'll be like sorting my neck with being like oh you're intolerant and like trying to get rid of my intolerance you know because and I like I am I'm intolerant at the moment because I'm so tired that I don't have the space to like let him do it once it's like zero I've got zero in me yeah. so then it's like you need a bit of introspection of oh I need to be better yeah Ooh. I think um it can be quite cyclical as well because I know I get like that just before I ovulate. So kind of... I mean, I haven't done that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About five years. Ch- Didn't even have a period when I had Ziggy. Really? That she wow. caught, I guess, caught the first one. Well, Didn't even catch it, if you know what I mean. Wow. Well, I was going to... lucky. Well, it's lucky because I was going to see someone say, what's going on? It's been three and a half years and nothing. Wow. And he's like, mm, you're lining. That's interesting. You're either about to have it or... If you don't, come back. But that's the worst because then you have a pregnancy that lasts a year because you know about it literally the second. Yeah, like with IVF. <laughs> so it's like it's not nine months, ten months. It yeah. feels like a year. Yeah. But obviously it's wonderful. I'm not saying it's bad. But as in like you're like, oh, and then you're sick the second you know because you know, you know, <laughs> you're tired and you're headache and you're vile because you're like, but I'm pregnant. Like all of these things, it just comes out of me. Even and again, it comes back to those feelings. I think, you know, the thing that helped me the most was this idea of we can choose our thoughts. You know, and I think apart from that, it's like the one or two days before I ovulate, which is strange because most people, it's when they're about to come on their period. Those days I get intolerant and I get like things put me in. I'm what my husband would say, you're in a mood. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you're in one. But then it's yeah, I come back to, but I can choose my thoughts. If I can choose my thoughts, why am I going to choose a miserable one? I can choose a happy one. I can choose. Yeah, I, I also think it's important to feel your feelings, so I can feel the actual feeling, which like I'm pointing to my heart right now because that's where the feeling like racing is. Racing and angry. In terms of what's in my head, yeah, that's. I true. can choose that, and it's and like it is all a choice, and but just catch it. Yeah, that's fine. Like sometimes, like I'll like be like really like snippy to Aussie who like. I mean, it's the classic, like, don't cry with spilt milk. But I'm like, why did you do that? Like, because he's three. Yeah, because so he's three. So go in the kitchen, mum. Stop being a dick, because he's three, obviously. <laughs> and the problem is when you have a new baby, you assume the old one is so much older than they mm, are. Because all of a sudden they seem it. Yeah, which they are, but, like, he's still only three. And then just be nice. And then it's like, okay, anyway, cuddle. Let's crack on. You know, sorry, sorry. And I... And I do insist upon apologising to you. Yeah. You know, I, if I act like a meanie, I say, I'm really sorry, that wasn't nice. I shouldn't have done that. You Because if I want him to be like that, you yeah, have to apologise to kids, I think. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest challenge has been for you in motherhood? I think the biggest challenge, as I mentioned before, is just being okay with my choices. Yeah. Choosing them being okay with them and then just cracking on with them so over analyzing it was it the right thing to do should i've done that you know and look you come up against things health can do that too like you know oh if they're poorly what should i have done did i give them the wrong thing you know um he ate that why did i let me you know all that but it's just like look you're doing the best you can you think you're making the right choice hopefully yeah and just then you then you take on the fallout but and learn from it so like we were talking about with healthy living and how kind of a lot of it came quite intuitively to you. Mm. Are there any things that are non-negotiables in terms of healthy living or things that you implement in your daily life because you really yeah. believe in them? Yeah, I really believe. I start my day, and the oat pancake, before that I have like apple cider vinegar, ascorbic acid, and actually I bought a different apple cider vinegar by accident on Ocado with, I say turmeric, you might say turmeric, I don't even know that thing and like the yellow stuff that makes a real yeah. mess if you drop it on the floor the really stainy it. stuff yeah. um it, it, i start my day in that i don't know it's a mental thing i've like got in some like good stuff to mm. line my tummy like that's just what i like to do big on vitamin c um like pure vitamin c i like a natural deodorant i use natural shower gel just like little things yeah. like that yeah. um i try and only eat organic where possible i mean i'd eat out and everything but like organic fruit and veg if i'm buying coconut oil it's organic like why would i not buy the organic version type mm. thing where i can um i'd like to say i don't have much sugar but recently it's crept in a lot more but still in like a kind of dark chocolate way not in a like total rubbish it's but whatever sugar way, an intentional way oh, yeah t- totally intentional let me tell you um <laughs> And, yeah, I just, you know, I take zinc, I take vitamin D, I just take things that I'm, like, try to make myself... To fortify your body. Yeah, but I just believe, like, it makes total sense to me. Mm. Fish oils, like, I just, I just, like, but my husband's into that stuff too. Like, it's not like this, like, we're not like, I... It's just part of our routine. Yeah, it's, it's not just, like a thing. It's not even a thing. Yeah. To be honest, like I, when you're saying I don't do anything, I'm like, well, actually, compared to others, maybe I do do lots, but yeah. I just don't think about it as yeah. doing, you know? I tongue scrape. 
every mm, morning. Yeah, I do too. But, you know, again, I'm not like into like massively Ayurvedic, but I like it makes total sense to me. Why yeah. would I want that stuff that's tried to come out back in? Yeah. It just doesn't really. Why would I want that back in my tummy? It makes no sense. Yeah. Homeopathy, I like. I don't really take much. I don't take homeopathy, in truth. Yeah. Struggle. I like, I'm like, if I, I just ride it out, you know? But my stuff's more... Um, at the moment, I guess, like, creaks rather than, like, I'm not unwell, at, yeah. you know. I rarely get ill. And I, even when I'm tired, I kind of just, I power through if I can. You've got quite a strong constitution. I think I do. I'm like, that is my mouth. Strong constitution. You right, know, that's yeah. how exactly how, like, she actually got corona, but she was, like, up at her desk working at home every day with a fever and coughing and all the stuff because she was like, I had work to do. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a head, it's a mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. But some days you just want to give in to like, I feel like a bit run down. That's fine. But I give in to it. So you say, I need you today. And then tomorrow, right, I'm back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it. So what is happening with work? Like, what's the plan? Is there a plan? There is so much exciting stuff. <laughs> there is a plan. I've recently got my wonderful nanny to now get back into work. So let's see. Um, I do have a podcast vlog cast. Uh, it's actually videoed though as well Ooh. because I feel like that's my skill set. Yes. So it use it. Um, we start recording next Thursday, in fact. Wow. What's that about? What's the premise? Um, yeah. So basically, it's my own vlog cast. It's all about kind of, we'll call it like, I'm still working on my tagline, but basically, what kind of gives you that fire in your belly to make you live? Because this year has been so about not living. So it's kind of, the kind of things that keep you on a straight and narrow, positive, motivated type thing. Watch this space. It's going to be so good. I mean, I am really excited about it, actually. I'm excited um, about it. Yes, we're recording next week, so I'll let you know. Awesome. Okay, so I end every yes. show with a little segment called All About You. Cool. To, not that they haven't learned everything about yeah, right? you I've given everything. right now. Um, including your menstrual cycle or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this helps the listeners get to know you a little bit more. So just like quick, rapid-fire questions. Um, what's the worst parenting advice you've ever been given? Cry out. <laughs> yeah. Great advice. The most interesting person you've ever met in your career? Oh, interesting. <gasps> interesting or exciting? Uh, well, I've interviewed Liam Neeson before. Ooh. That's pretty cool. Or like... Did you David say, Beckham, I will find people you, like, and I will kill you. Ha ha, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my career has let me interview a lot of amazing, or like meet, you know, just by default being yeah. in the studio at the right time, you know, but obviously on the spot, I can't think of anyone. So, yeah, don't know. I think Liam Neeson. Yeah, he's cool. What, yeah. And what a dude, what a gentleman, you know, like proper star, you yeah. know, really yeah. cool. Amazing. I mean, it's a bit of a name drop question, isn't it? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it in there. One thing you always procrastinate on? Every decision. Okay. <laughs> Especially ordering off a menu. Um, if you could raid one woman's closet, who would it be? Oh, my Desi, Sarah, Tank, Ellis, obviously. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, but still, for the for the podcast, clearly, best wardrobe ever. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> And lastly, who was your first celebrity crush? So funny you said it because I was really bad. I never fancied anyone as a kid. Like all my friends were getting into it, like Nick Carter or Gary, but I don't know. But I did used to love um, Pacey, Joshua Jackson in in Interesting. Um, Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. 
but not now when I watch that program, Big Little Fire. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? At the time, it was more like the only, you know, cool pacing. (laughs) But like, oh, I tell you, I loved uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Yeah. but like nothing original there, basically. But I think that. That's so funny that you had like none. I was my whole childhood was just these like catastrophic no. histrionic crushes. Really, how <laughs> oh, well, like heartbreak, oh, longing, desire. Funny, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I was. I'm I just was a little always, bit dramatic. Whereas too. I was like, "What's wrong with me? Don't fancy it." And also, whenever like my friends fancied boys, I just was like, "No, no." It was like you, obviously. I didn't. I just didn't. And then so Zeb weird. came along. Oh, and he stole my heart. But I didn't know him from twelve, so you know well there we go thank you so thank much you, where yeah. can people find you um you can find me on instagram when i come back from my hiatus but i'm gonna come back um uh, which is olivia j wayne and twitter and soon my new yeah vlog cast amazing well we when that does come out if you're listening to this after that's come that out, was we'll it you're chucking something downstairs Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. It's been so lovely. And yeah, I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. Thank you. The Reconditioned Podcast is proud to support Solace Women's Aid, who supports survivors of domestic abuse and sexual violence, working with over 27,000 people each year to build safe lives and strong futures.